So then, after the Tengu, it is going to go to Franklin's turn. Okay. Um, based on where I am, I can't spray both the Tengu and the um, the Ghoul at the same time, right? Exactly. They are on opposite sides of the room. Okay. Uh, am I able to make like a quick myth check to see if I know if Tengus are sentient or not? Um, roll. Do you have knowledge myth? Uh, I do not. Roll, uh, make me an intelligence check with disadvantage. Alright, so that is 10 and 9, so 10. Okay, um, you're not too sure. Japanese mythology is not your forte. <sighs> well, I know what the ghouls act like when they're sentient from yeah. Grinner. So I'm going to take a chance. I'm going to try and spray the, um, the Tengu. So I'm going to run up to behind Boris and I'm going to say, Boris, duck! And, and so, then I'm just going to fill the cell that I'm assuming the Tengu is standing in with the area of effect spray. Yeah, he's out of his cell. Uh, he's in the—he's basically on the battlefield, same as you guys. But you're gonna basically douse the area with stuff. Okay. Yes. So I just started blasting. So I just start blasting. Okay. Um, I rolled a check for the power. If I could ask you to do the same, please. Uh, twenty-six. I rolled a twenty-five. You beat out. Uh, yes. Nicely done. So. Basically, uh, the Tengu just begins clutching at his neck, and then suddenly there is a familiar sound as the collar uh, disintegrates, and uh, suddenly the Tengu is, like, looking around, uh, looking at the elevator as it is going up with the troll on board, then at the surrounding chaos, at the melting wall, and then at you, Franklin. I understand you might be a little pissed, and I mentioned over to Boris, but we're not your enemy. If you want to get out of here, that's fine. I'd recommend it. And uh, he's watching you very carefully, and he says, um... <laughs> and then he says something in Japanese. And um, Black actually, Black yes, um, what comes out of his mouth is a string of Japanese, actually. Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> Lavender! <laughs> and That's then, true. Uh, I can comprehend languages. Yeah. Um, Quincy, it is your turn. Can I say Blackboard does one thing? Just, like, yeah. a very quick thing. So once he's finished that... I'm going to take the spray bottle and do the international symbol of, like, I'm not going to fight you by putting my hands up. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, uh, I'm going to do empathy to try to calm down the Tengu long enough to let Adam do his thing. I guess I'll just be aiding Ad Adam then. Um, uh, okay. So... Uh, I got a 13 on aiding. On, Okay. Uh, all right. So you so, get ready to help out Adam. Uh, what do you say to help him out? Uh, I, well, I, so what I'm doing is like speaking in a low tone of voice, um, walk, like motioning with my hands, much like, um, uh, Blackmore. Um, and, uh, that would be something that he would understand. Um, hmm. I mean, at this point it's, it's basically just body language because... I doubt yeah. he would even have, like, this guy, uh, the Tengu would have even, like, a remedial grasp of English. Uh, or even just, ja like, modern Japanese, to be perfectly frank. I do, like, a motion to leave sort of thing. Like, you, like, after you, like, you are free to go. To imply that, like, we don't need anything from him. We're okay with him going. Okay. Uh, all right. And then it is going to go to the ghoul's turn. So, the ghoul, um... Yeah, I'm going to say that the ghoul uh, smells the blood coming from the container and Adam, who is crouched over it, basically, guzzling the blood. And the ghoul is going to make Adam its next target. Great. 
Oh, I'm trying okay. to drink blood over here. Mm-hmm. Bruh. Yeah. Bruh. Bruh. <laughs> okay. Um, but it just rolled a really shitty roll. So, Adam, uh, you see the ghoul coming from a mile away, even as it's running far faster than a human should, tongue lolling out of its undead mouth as it brings its wickedly sharp claws up to get ready to basically slice you open and get its blood back. Um, and yeah, so basically you just, uh, as it splashes at you, Adam, you just duck underneath this series of rapid uh, attacks because from your vampiric perspective, these are coming almost painfully slowly. Mm -hmm. And then it is going to be your turn. Also, didn't Spring Meadow have a prepared action to attack the ghoul or like do something to it? Yes, thank you. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, uh, I appreciate you reminding me. So, um, yeah, that is a success. So basically, all right. So, um, she rolled, uh, yeah, just a sec. Uh, holy shit. Okay. Uh, so. <laughs> fucking snapped his neck. <laughs> um, Spring Meadow is not fucking around. So basically, uh, she just, uh, points at the ghoul and, uh, she, and she just says, we are trying to help you, so play nice! And with that, suddenly vines erupt from her hand, lash around the ghoul's neck, and she just lifts it up into the air before slamming it down against the ground repeatedly. Uh, basically, like, one, two, three times, and basically the ghoul is still, like, uh, biting and thrashing against the vines, trying to bite them in half. But nevertheless, like, the sounds are basically as if somebody took a bag full of meat and was just hitting it against the ground to tenderize. So, Don't worry, we're not here to hurt you. Wham! 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 Well, <laughs> in her defense, ghouls are kind of dead. Uh, and then it is going to go to Adam. Okay, so yeah, I guess all of this stuff is kind of happening simultaneously, right? Yeah, exactly. So the... What you folks see is that the ghoul like runs towards Adam and he's basically just going to sidestep and calmly walk over uh, to, to where you other folks are. And in the background, uh, this ghoul is just getting like it's shit kicked yeah. whipped around. Um, and uh, Adam is going to very calmly walk over, trying uh, to ignore all the blood that's dripped onto his like shirt front. Uh-huh. Uh, and he is going to take a bow. Uh, um, yeah, so the Tengu is watching you, um, like, he's watching all of you with suspicion and alarm, but he sees this Adam, and, uh, like, you can see his eyes widen as if with a bit of surprise. Yes, and then Adam is going to straighten up and essentially reiterate what Franklin has already said, right? Like, And you we, do so in, yeah, in Japanese. Yes, yeah. Uh, he's, um actually going to introduce uh, us first. Like, we are the Mythos unit. Uh, we work for London Police Department. We are uh, enemies of your enemy. Uh, you are free to go, essentially. Mm. And he simply says, um, Noted. I wish to say, though, there is a man in black that I must kill. It's gonna be like thirty myths running down to the final <laughs> level. <laughs> yeah, all right. We're slowly every... recruiting a bigger army. This is how all the work. warriors. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Adam is just gonna translate that to the group uh, and nod. Uh, well, uh, nice to have you on board. <laughs> Welcome to the team. That's Blackmore. That's Quincy. That's Spring Meadow. That's a ghoul that's getting its shit kicked in. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, so uh, he is paying, he's almost paying you guys no attention as he is just looking to the ice wall. And then it is going to go to uh, Sophie's turn as she's going to continue uh, trying to break the ice wall down. So, okay. And yeah, it's looking as though she is carving, steadily carving a fairly decently sized hole into it. But it's going to take a little bit more work before the wall can come down. And then, Tony, it's your turn. Hey, is this wall a magical effect by any chance? It looks, it looks as though it is magically created. Cool, I hit it with the hammer. Big ol' okay. slammer. Um, yeah, roll me uh, some damage against it. Oh, no, no. It's, it's, it's nullify. It's a nullify okay. Uh, so that's a opposed power check, I believe? Sure. Tony doesn't even swing. He just taps it. So, yeah, so if you don't break, if you don't nullify it, then you have to actually break it. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, technically the swing does both, but, um, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so that's... Well, but if the nullify effect goes off, then it's going to disappear, right? Yeah, if the nullify effect goes off, it disappears. But the, but technically speaking, every time I swing it, it's damage and a nullify effect. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's uh, going to be 19 damage or 19 oh. on, on the power check. Okay. Um. All right, that is a success. So with a 19 on the power check, uh, let me just roll. Let me just check something. Yeah. Um, yeah, the other power check was an 18, so you succeed on this. So basically, you bring up the hammer, uh, go over to an un- walk forward to an untouched portion of the wall that's slowly melting. You bring the hammer up, and then there is a boom as you hit it and just knock, um, a Tony-sized hole into the wall, revealing what is in the room beyond. So you see, Tony, that there are four figures on the other side. Uh, there is a wooden chair, and seated in it, um, his uh, basically his hands cuffed behind him is John. Uh, his eyes closed as if in concentration and dismay, uh, sweat pouring down his forehead. As behind him is a, it is like a seven foot tall knight dressed entirely in black armor, not even its face visible as it has both of its hands up to either side of John's temples, uh, as if in concentration, and there is white light coming from John that is flickering between white, then shades of red, then white again, then back to red. Uh, while on either side of this knight are two other, is a figure, uh, one to his right, one to his left. On the knight's left is a gorgon. Like, the, the type of species that Medusa belongs to. A woman who has a reptilian face, the lower half of a snake, and a serpentine head of hair that is just made entirely of snakes that are just watching you and slowly hissing. While on the other side of the Black Knight is what appears to be an elf that you know to be a frost elf, Tony. His skin blue, his ears pointed, his eyes pitch black, and his smiling mouth devoid of any kind of kindness whatsoever as he sees you. And so, ah, my goodness, you do know how to knock then, don't you? And so with that, uh, yeah, that's going to be the end of your turn, Tony. And now... Wait, so is this guy McCarthy then? We, um, It's either McCarthy or Talar, one of the two. I'm assuming mm. Talar because they're an actual elf. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I am just going to couple more things to the initiative tracker and okay it's gonna let the tengu and fucking imperious rex have a double may cry fight over in the corner <laughs> mm. quick somebody start playing the fucking bury the light <laughs> okay so then it is gonna go to uh 
Yeah, top of initiative, it's gonna go... Or, sorry, no, not top of initiative. After Tony. Okay, so let's see. Alright, so this is what's gonna happen. First off, Boris, seeing the hole that you made, Tony, is gonna run through it, but the knight, uh, as if... Basically, he is going to throw a punch at the knight, blurring at almost the speed of sound, but as if sensing him coming, the knight just... Uh, effortlessly pull, puts a hand up, catches Boris's fist, and then tosses him to one side. The vampire catches himself, sliding along the ground, looking up with surprise, even as the knight uh, returns to his task of corrupting John, just completely undeterred with his effort. Then, uh, for the knight's turn, it is going to basically then raise its other hand, and red chains are going to float up, materializing in the air behind him, and they're going to shoot at you, Tony. So I'm going to ask you to roll a will-saving throw. Uh, that's going to be um, 15. 15, okay. Um, and... We're just going to have to get Blackmore to, like, stand behind Tony and shoot him with a gun if he gets <laughs> mind control. So, Tony, <laughs> these chains, uh, like, one of them goes directly into the center of your forehead. But there, there is no injury, but the chain just connects. And Tony, you just feel your mind go blank. Your vision begins to retract as if you are looking at through your eyes, but at the end of a long hallway. And you feel your body begin to move, but not of your own accord. And then it is going to go to Spring Meadow's turn. And uh, yeah, basically the... Uh, she tries to uh, damage the ghoul further, but it just lashes out at the vines, uh, constricting it, and it breaks free. And, yeah, basically, it slashes at her, but she quickly ducks underneath its attack, and the two of them are basically in a standoff against each other. Then to the top of initiative, the Tengu is going to act, uh, flickering towards the wall where Sophie's trying to break through, and he's basically going to attack it repeatedly, and with a series of slashes, suddenly um, there is like a thousand ice cubes that begin cascading down from where it slashed it. And a hole opens up, allowing another point of entry for anybody who wants to get through. Then it is going to go to Franklin's turn. Okay. Uh, I guess I, yeah, I should really just make sure that Tony doesn't get fucking got by the ghoulies. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I'm going to, um, hmm, actually... Am I able to run up uh, to right where they are and throw a uh, like the cloud on top of like the where the knight and the uh, and Talar and the Gorgon are uh, like standing? Um, I am going to say that uh, there are two entrances. Tony is so big that he is blocking the entrance to one of them, and nobody can move past. But the other one, you can maneuver around. Um. You can maneuver around Sophie and the Tengu in order to get through. Okay, but I would be able to like run up to where um, the like the Gorgon and Talar and Imperial and Rex are standing. Correct. Exactly. You could get into the basic area where they are, but you wouldn't be able to go up close enough to put the cloud down. All right. Um, I'm just then gonna. Well, then I'm basically just gonna flood the uh, the hole that Tony's standing in with uh, the gas. Okay. So you're going to put the cloud down on Tony? Yes. Okay, so roll me a 2d10 plus 7, please. Uh, 19. Okay. Uh, yeah, so immediately Tony, 
as the world is telescoping away from you, suddenly, like, you feel yourself surrounded by this cloud that honestly is very itchy. Like, uh, it feels as though it's prickling your skin with a bunch of tiny pinpricks. It's the feeling of powdered zeronium landing on you. And suddenly your vision begins going back to the way it was and you feel something intruding into your mind. And you mentally reach out and snap the bond and suddenly, uh, yeah, the collar that had formed around your neck immediately shattered. And then uh, it is going to go to Quincy's turn. Hmm. Uh, so at this, at this point, the knight has taken his hands off John, right? He put yes, it, it, it seems to have been focused with corrupting Tony. Okay, uh, I'm gonna run into the room and try to grab uh, John. Okay, so you run forward, uh, basically running towards John, and yeah, you see the young man uh, sitting on the chair. Uh, yeah, you you grab him, but he is handcuffed to the chair, so I imagine you pick up the chair as well. Okay, I pick up the chair with the kid on it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, I'm, re I'm really happy I took this point of super strength. Just like, <laughs> oh, I need to do this, like, physically. Like, uh, Quincy might not be very good at fighting. He's not, like, mm. a combat monster, but he can at least pick up objects. <laughs> yeah. So, um, John is, like, he, his face looks slack. His eyes are glazed. And there is, like, this, like, as you peer closer, it's almost like there's this red miasma around his head, like... Whatever this knight has been doing to him, like, it has been working very, very hard. Far more so than almost anything else. Well, I'm not going to focus on that because I just want to get him out of here, so... Okay. I'm going to pick him up and run him back to try to <laughs> run him back. As, as, as far as my movement speed will allow, I will move him back towards us. I will say that with your movement speed, Quincy, you are able to get into the area, pick John up, and start running back towards the wall, but you haven't quite reached it yet. Okay. And then it is going to go to, uh, let's see. Yeah, so Sophie, it's going to go to her turn. So basically, she is going to um, attack the Black Knight, but he is going to see her coming. And immediately, like, this Black Knight draws this uh, dual-handed longsword at one side and basically bring it up and parries Sophie's punch before swatting her away almost contemptuously with his sword. Sophie goes uh, skidding across the room, and the knight just goes, <sighs> Why must all these gnats trouble me so when I have work to do? And then it is going to go to your turn, Adam. Okay, great. Uh, you know uh, what's even better than having two vampires in the fight? Having uh, two and a half vampires in the fight. Adam is uh -huh. also going to run in. Um, but he's not going to go for the knight, seeing what has happened. He's going to go for the elf. Okay. So, yeah, alrighty then. So, make me a melee attack role play. Yes. Um, I'm going to be... Or, I have... <clears throat> sorry. Full ranks in uh, armor piercing. So, seven ranks sure. of uh, armor piercing. Go ahead. Uh, and I'm going to be uh, power attacking on this one. Please, go right ahead. Alright. That's... <clears throat> That's a 19. Excellent. Uh, with a 19. Um, all right. So basically, uh, as the elf suddenly turns to a flicker of movement, suddenly you are in his face and you just punch him dead in the center of his face. And uh, yeah, he goes skidding back several feet, like on his back across the ground. And there is almost no motion from him after you punch him. Then he just 
<laughs> my goodness, my boy. And he sort of sits up, like, trying to look cool, despite the fact that he has a clearly <laughs> broken nose and black blood spilling down from his face. And so, you certainly know how to make a fight more interesting, don't you? <laughs> I appreciate the nasally voice. Yeah, no, that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> Guy trying, yeah. to be, trying to be cool. <laughs> you you uh, see my true blood like getting in his mouth. No. <laughs> uh, uh, hold on, hold on. I'll, I'll, I'll kill you uh, in a minute. Oh god, I'm about to sneeze. Oh no. Ah, uh, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, after that, Adam. So yeah, uh, you are able to That's... deal a good good amount of damage to this guy. So then it's gonna go to. Uh, the ghoul's turn, who's going to try I, I to just, attack... Just for, to clarify, that, that was 19 to hit, not 19 damage. Oh, you! I'm sorry, you didn't roll damage for that, so please roll no, damage. No, no, I, I think I can maybe... damage. <laughs> I, could, I could do better than that. I rolled 66, I got 7 ranks armor piercing. And that's... Alright, so that's, that's a 21. Uh, plus the 7 ranks of armor piercing. Okay, so, alright. Yeah, so, the, so like I said, the effect of your attack is unchanged. So basically, mm -hmm. oh, you really think that after coming here into the depths of hell itself, you think you can walk out on skate, daring to bear your fangs against the McCarthy family? But uh, yeah, like, it is exactly as intimidating as it sounds. I, I mm -hmm. like to imagine he had this, like, whole thing in his head prepped, and now he's just yeah. you ruined the whole. You've ruined it. You've ruined I'm it. I'm not <laughs> losing this material, damn it! Ah. <laughs> yeah, uh, Adam is, if he has a second, is, is going to retort. Well, we made it this far. We got past the men in front, and then past your little friend in the warehouse, and he's gonna flicker his face to look like Elizabeth Chambers, and past, uh, and then he's gonna motion towards the uh, comatose chimera and the the kendo. It's like, well, and and just not say anything, like you know. Yeah, and he's just still we're good smiling. at our jobs. He is still smiling, but you're forgetting one very very big problem. And uh, and then we are going to go to the ghoul's turn. So, uh, okay. So, yeah, it actually gets a hit in on Spring Meadow, who cries out in pain as it slashes across her arm. And she staggers back, um, sort of this greenish blood beginning to leak down from uh, her elbow. And then after that, it's going to go to the Gorgon, who is going to make eye contact... Um, with you, Adam, and, uh, yeah, as you realize that she is staring at you, you feel this sort of sudden leadenness come over your limb, and I'm gonna need you to make a fortitude saving throw, please. Oh, goody. <clears throat> All right, not bad. That's an 18. Okay, so despite the fact that you feel your limbs slowly begin to stiffen up, you just try to will yourself to keep moving, almost like when... A person is too cold, and if they know if they fall asleep, they could die. It's kind of like that. You just force yourself to keep moving. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Ten Tam Talar is going to get to his feet, brush himself off, and... All right, suppose you've earned this. And so he's going to throw his hands up, and suddenly, like, this enormous cloud of icicles are going to surround him and begin spraying forward in an area effect against both Tony and you, Adam. So, I'm going to ask both of you to roll reflex saving throw. Great. That's a uh, 16 for me. Okay, thank you. Uh, 18. Thank you. Okay. So, John, you are able to have the damage. Uh, Adam, you are not informed. 
So, I'm just going to do some math here. Uh, okay. And all right. So, uh, let me just see. Okay. So, Icicles immediately pepper both of you. And you can feel that these are razor sharp, slicing through your armor as if it were made of butter. And Adam. So, regarding the damage, this... Uh, this attack dealt uh, 17 damage with 7 ranks of armor piercing. So, I believe, Adam, you take the full damage of 17, bringing you down to 3 hit points. And, Tony, you are dealt, um, yeah, 17, uh, let me just see, uh, 17 halved goes to 8 damage, uh, with 7 ranks of armor piercing, but your damage naturally lets you tank it so you just uh, bring your arms up and this damage is null. Wait, how much toughness do you have? 14. T oh, okay. Yeah. So then, after that, it is going to go to Tony's turn. Alright. Um, uh, I am going to... Uh, ready... Uh, you know what? I'm going to take a slight step back. Uh, or, no. Lavender is directly next to this guy, so I can't... Yeah. And with a fireball... So yeah, no, Tony's just going to go in and uh, swing at Imperious Rex with the hammer. Okay, roll me a melee attack roll, please. Okay. Uh, is uh, 15 a hit? Uh, yes, that is a hit. Uh, his DC, or his defense is 15, but Ty goes to the attacker. Okay, so that's going to be... Um, so question, does he have any active magical effects currently? That can be normal. Um, I'm going to say, uh, yes. So he's going to make a power check. All right. Uh, so for my power check, that is uh, 18. Okay. He got a 21. So uh, I believe okay. you... <laughs> uh, there is a special effect on the hammer that doesn't apply to anything else. It has impassable uh, uh, counter on it. So the effective rank of any active powers that would be nullified if, if he had lost are now reduced in rank to only be uh, rank, uh, sorry, I got uh, 18 and he had 21, so they are now rank 4 powers, reduced to rank 4. Okay, in subsequent turns? Yep. Okay. All right, so, so basically... So just shaves off the power instead of nullifying it then. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so you're making even, it weaker with each subsequent turn. Hit. All right. Okay, so, and do you have to roll, do you roll damage for this attack, or is it just, like, this is just a nullify effect? Nope, I also get to roll damage. It is Okay. A, it's a linked effect. So He's swinging! Yeah, so he also takes, uh, let's see, uh, he also takes 17 damage. Okay. <laughs> All right, so basically you bring your uh, hammer towards him, uh, bring it up in an overhanded blow. He brings up his sword, your weapons collide, and then bring his sword back. He tries to slash at you. But yeah, you bring your hammer around, parry the blow, and then basically bring it across his face. He spins around, uh, then just sort of staggers back for a moment, shakes his head, then looks at you. <sighs> Where are the opponents? And then after your turn, Tony, it is going to go to um, Boris, who is going to see the Gorgon and try to take her out of the fight. So... Um, However, he blurs through the space where she was as she senses him coming, ducks underneath him, and then he, yeah, basically rebounds off the wall, skids to a halt, and 
yeah, basically brings his hands up, readying himself for the next turn. Then it's going to be Imperious Rex's turn. So he is going to make a series of attacks against you, Tony. All right. And that is going to hit. And all right. So, um, yeah, that is going to be... Okay, so he rolled for... 15 damage with 7 ranks of penetration, so Tony, I believe you take 8 points of damage from this attack, and I'm also going to ask you to roll a will saving throw, please. Any, anything this guy does is just fucking mind control. You know? It's always <laughs> fucking mind control. Okay. Um, that's going to be 21. Alright, so you, as he slashes you across the chest, Tony, you just hear a voice in your mind just going, Submit. 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 And despite the fact that it is rising in intensity, you are drowning it out with your own uh, focus on the fight, and the words do not reach. So, after that, it's then gonna go to... Uh, yeah, Spring Meadow, uh, who is basically going to... Um, yeah, uh, she just begins concentrating on her... A bloodied arm, and vines are going to wrap around it, forming a massive fist made entirely out of plant life, and she's just going to run forward and punch the ghoul across the face, and the ghoul's eyes roll back into its head as it, as it is sent skidding across the ground, tongue lolling out of its mouth, completely unconscious. And then, back up to the top, the Tengu, uh, sensing this fight that's going on, is going to run and slash at Imperious Rex, uh, yeah, and, uh, suddenly there are a, like, all you can hear are sounds of razor-sharp slashes, Tony, like, and the tango is on the other side of him as suddenly there is a shower of sparks as there are numerous slashes rent into, uh, this avatar's armor. So he is able to, uh, take some damage from this. Quite a bit, in fact. Uh, okay. And, uh, yeah, basically the Avatar staggers back, and he is going to make a constitution saving throw. Or, he's going to make a concentration check. Um, but yeah, basically, you can hear the screeches and squawks from the surrounding cells intensify, but Imperious Rex just throws his hands out, and everything just goes completely silent once again. And then, Franklin, it is your turn. Alright. Well, hmm. Hmm. Because Franklin, because right now there's a couple things. I know that um, Adam's hurting, and I have a bunch of fire attacks, which I'm sure against what seems to be some sort of ice-based mage, based on Blackmore's fundamental understanding of the elements, probably uh, would do a lot of hurt. Yeah, rock beat scissors. I getcha. Yeah. Um, but at this point, the like, the, I'm now clear to basically be able to like run up to uh, where like the three of them are. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right. Um. Yeah, I think I'm just going to run up and give him uh, another dose of the juice. Cool. Okay. Give him that nice juice. Give him that sweet, sweet Febreze. Hmm. Okay. So, uh, yeah, roll me uh, an attack roll, please. Uh, this is the uh the area of effect thing. So yeah. Sorry, that's power. what I meant to say. Uh, so that is twenty-one altogether. Okay. Hmm. 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 So yeah, as Imperious Rex is concentrating on Tony, he does not notice the tiny man running up to him with a spray bottle. And then yep. all of a sudden he pulls the trigger and there's just this cloud of Zeronium dust engulfing the three of them. Mm. And uh, yeah, as you're doing this, um, 
Yeah, basically, uh, yeah, Imperious Rex. You absolute fool. No weapon forged is capable of withstanding my might. And then you raise the spray bottle and you just fill the area with this cloud. And then suddenly, <coughs> what is this sorcery? And then suddenly, um, yeah, there is a moment and Imperious Rex just slows and then looks out around himself. And yeah, like there is almost a palpable silence in the air as suddenly the Gorgon stiffens and the collar appears around her neck and it just shatters. And then from a nearby cell, you just hear and from another and it sounds like somebody had it's like an avalanche of glass as there is just shattering noises from all around you and there is just screeching and squawking and yelling as ten tantalar and imperious rex are looking around themselves with possibly the most uh yeah for the first time in this fight it looks absolutely well, it looks as though the nightmare is just beginning for them. Well, Talar! From... So yeah, when he says this, Blackmore is going to look over at Talar, and with the most shit-eating grin he can muster, and says, Hey, Talar! Welcome to hell! Okay, and then from the very, very back, like, you can see off in the distance, like, it is an enormous set of double doors that are maybe, like, 75 feet tall or so, and from behind them, you can just hear a screech like the largest bird that has ever existed and ever will exist just let out this cry of pure fury from behind it and you remember franklin that um that finn mccarthy forcibly made a pact with a rock oh right yeah that well he's gonna have fun Uh uh-huh and as you are running away from the fight quincy suddenly um the cloud around john's head disappears and he his eyes open and he looks at you quincy don't worry um i'm here uh we'll get out of here quickly and he just uh like his expression looks tired his eyes are wide he looks pale unwell but he just gives you the purest smile you've ever seen from him and he just says you came back for me (sighs) well um I'm in charge. I need to take care of you. You always have, haven't you? And as he says this, his eyes begin to glow. And um, you feel something coming off of him. And it's like the chair is getting lighter in your grasp, Quincy. And as John, he brings his hands out in front of him, the cuffs melting away into liquid silver as he slowly rubs his wrist. And he begins to glow again. Uh, so Quincy's gonna look at John, uh-huh. um, consider him for a moment, um, and say, "John, yes, de- this will only be for a short while. I want you to know that. I know. Will you, would you like to make a pact with me? Absolutely, Quincy. And so he extends his hand. What are your terms for the pact? <clears throat> um." Oh, that's it. Okay, I didn't think about that. <laughs> um, Attack and dethrone God? No, <laughs> love and care for God. Um, Quincy says, um, um, I ask this p- 
pact be temporary only until uh, I can until you are safe once again Um, until then I would ask for any power you can bestow upon me um, to the best of your ability (coughs) like Quincy wants to make clear that this is temporary only for right now and he actually like again Quincy never looked into it so he has no idea what John can actually do (laughs) all the stuff John's done has been like I guess he can do that (laughs) so yep that's that's essentially the extent of it is that Quincy and Quincy leaves it absolutely open for John to ask for anything really like he trusts John will be reasonable John's like and be like give me your life Fool, and then John takes your soul. Yeah. Oh no, I was Satan the whole time. <laughs> but yes, Quincy is willing to uh, offer anything, really. And I promise to lend you my powers, so long as you swear to drive out the darkness that is plaguing London, end this nightmare, and bring light back to the people of London, and that we can have pizza for dinner tomorrow night. <laughs> Well, hmm. Yeah, what's uh, your report card gonna say? <laughs> uh, just uh, reaches out and, sh- and cradling him with one arm, um, shakes his hand with the other and says, deal. And so say you, Quincy Adam, and so say I, Johannes Spey Any, John, Avatar of Hope. And light fills the both of you as if a miniature sun has been born in the room and everybody covers their eyes. And when the light slowly fades, both you and John are slowly rising up into the air. So Quincy, you have a couple of abilities, one of which is calm presence, which is the ability to soothe the emotions of anybody who might be um, incredibly angry or, uh, you know, somebody who is raging beyond all reason. Basically, you can restore peace. Really just an extension of your old man abilities. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> embrace, yeah, now he can actually do the embrace tranquility <laughs> joke yeah. without yeah. punching a person's heart no. out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yes, that is the one that I believe will be most useful to you at this moment. Well, hold on. Let's make Talar sweat a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Okay, so now it's going to be Sophie's turn. Uh, and she's basically going to look to you, Adam, and she's just going to... All right, so what's the plan then? Uh, Adam's going to kind of motion towards Talar. Uh, keep him down. Don't hurt him anymore. But make <laughs> uh, sure he can, can't get away. Can Blackmore interject with, uh, like, an idea? Because uh, we still have, like, a myth, like Mythos unit, uh, MC uh, capture units on us, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking we basically offered Talar a deal. You're going to survive, but you've got to get in the ball. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. Mm. And uh, so, uh, all right, so back you up is what you're saying then. And so with that, she is going to use her turn, and uh, basically she's going to intimidate Talar suitably enough so that you have advantage on whatever role you choose to make on your turn, Adam, which is right now. Okay, great. Uh... You know, Blackmore, I like the way you think. Yeah, so Blackmore pulls out one of the uh, the MCUs, and I'm assuming Lavender pulls out the same thing, and we yes. offer the ultimatum. Get in the bag! 
<laughs> little device if, here. If you want to live, get in the bag. <laughs> get in the ball. Get in the ball. Don't got time to negotiate. Get in the ball. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Lavender, if you want to, you know, say that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Adam's going to make a diplomacy check because that's more his bag. Go ahead, um, please. Fantastic little devices we've got here. I don't know if you've uh, interacted with them before. Uh, developed um, by uh, our friend Tony Megalos here. Uh, guaranteed to keep any myth within uh, safe from harm, uh, which I think is something that we can both agree would be very useful to you right now. You see, <laughs> we're not power-hungry megalomaniacs like you. We're the police. We keep people safe. And we will keep you safe uh, if you offer to stand down. If not, well, uh, I'm sure our friends here, and Adam's going to look around to all the cells, might want to have a few words with you first. And the, he is surrounded by screeching and hollering and uh, roars of fury uh, as the bars are beginning to melt and more myths are throwing themselves against them as if frantic to get out. And uh, yeah, w there is a thud from the massive doors at the back and like high above the dust on the uh, roof of the stone ceiling just drifts down and uh yeah and then yeah he looks at uh imperious rex and rex just says seek to submit to the uh, to these enemies coward and sophie it's either that or we're, or we're leaving you here to be bird food and so roll me a diplomacy check with advantage sure all right. Uh, Sorry. That's a 24. Okay. Um, I will say that Tentam Talar looks at you, then to Imperious Rex, then to you again, and he's just, uh, yeah, just, I think I have the sense to know when the cards are against me. All right. Tell you what. How's about we were? I think that we can uh, settle the deal. And then Adam's going to activate the, the myth capture unit. So... <laughs> Uh, Here's the deal, ball. Yeah, yeah. Here's the deal. Get in the bag. Yeah, what, essentially. What? Uh, is that really necessary? Uh, we'll talk later. <laughs> and, and Sophie just kicks him directly in the small of his back. He stumbles forward. You bring the ball up, and then he's in the ball. All right. And good then, work, everyone. Yeah. And however, uh, Imperious Rex seems to be visibly seething with rage. Um. Don't think that you can play your little parlor tricks and negotiations on me. I am Imperious Rex, Avatar of Domination! And I will not stop until this empire is once again spreading across the planet! And... Oh, God, yeah. he's one of those people. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, yeah, I will say this. He is basically the personification of the old idea of British imperialism. So, yeah. Cool. Sounds, like, if, sounds like he'd be fun at parties. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, avatars form in places where, you know, a lot of strong emotions are. And, you know, uh, the British Empire got a lot yeah, of history Yeah, Blackmore has met people like this. And he's just like, oh, God. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, and behind him, uh, the Gorgon, who now has her senses, just looks at him and just, oh, so you're one of those tops, then. And she's gonna fix him with a stare, and basically he's gonna try to paralyze him. And that is not going to work. 
And but that does um, distract him long enough for Tony. Uh, it's time for you to have a turn. Oh, as a surprise! Bang! <laughs> so I, I have a question about uh, Imperius Rex's sword. Yeah. So is that part of him, or is that a separate item? Because... You're really not. Um. Uh, you're not too sure. I'm about to disassemble this man's whole career. <laughs> <laughs> you know I had to do it to him as Tony stands there with the hammer. <laughs> Just fucking Maybe break everything. Better... A better question, Tony. Do you want to find out? Yeah, so uh, Tony is actually going to, like, with hammer in one hand, he's going to go into his, uh, into his, like, uh, uh, crafter's apron, pull out his file, and just try and, like, hack at that sword. <laughs> roll me an attack roll. They're going to do the fucking lightsaber duel thing. It's bop, a lightsaber bop, duel, but every time he does it, it just chips, like, he shaves off a little bit. All right, um... Okay. Uh, so that's a natural 20. Oh, God. So, um, tell you what, uh, just to double check, it reduces toughness from the sword, right? Yeah. Okay. I will say that, um, yeah, he breaks free, sees you coming towards him, and he, and he just begins striding towards you. Uh, impudent one-eyed wretch! You think you can stand before my blade? And with that, he brings it overhand to strike at you. You bring the file up and just wipe it upwards. And suddenly there is a sound of sparks and shredding metal. And suddenly uh, he is holding the hilt of his sword, but the blade is in two halves, one of which is tumbling through the air to stick down into the ground point first. Pause the screen and then the erase tool pops up. <laughs> Just draw a line. Tony gets yeah. into the stance and quick draws his file so fast that Imperius Rex doesn't even see it. As he puts it back in the apron, the sword slowly breaks in half. Uh-huh. Um, just a sec. And uh, he just looks down at his sword and just... No! Victoria! Oh my god, oh, you would it... name your sword that, for Christ's sakes! He's a fucking, <laughs> like, British weeb. <laughs> <laughs> a Briaboo, if you will! <laughs> uh, Alright, so, and then it is gonna go to... Um, okay, so, uh, Boris just rolled a natural 20 on his attack. And so, suddenly, um... Yeah, there is an arm looping around Imperius Rex's neck from behind, and suddenly Boris has, like, both of his feet planted on Imperius Rex's hips, his arm around his neck, and he just has him in a full-on chokehold and just growls, You know, I never did properly thank you for your hospitality. And with that, he is going to slowly just begin choking this avatar, who is uh, reaching back, trying to throttle the vampire, and I'm going to say that uh, all of you can describe how you are going to pitch in to help out Boris with this. Uh, I have a question. Okay, yes. so um, our PowerPoint total, does anyone know what it is right now? Uh, I believe that... 145, I want to say? Okay, so... Yeah. Uh, okay, so I've been saving up points because I figured I was going to do this at some point. Um, what... What power? Do I have any attack powers? Yes. Okay. I'm going to say that you have Ray of Hope, which is a beam of concentrated light. Okay. Well, I've got... Uh, my last time I checked, I had only spent 130 points, so mm. I've got 15 points to spend. 
Um, hmm. Okay, uh, I'll I'll use that then, I guess. Okay. So, all right, and uh, as for the rest of you, feel free to be creative with this. Yep. Hmm. Trying to figure out how much Blackmore would know about British history to just be like, yeah, no, actually, imperialism was the worst time that Britain uh-huh. existed in, you fucking moron. You uh-huh. absolute buffoon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Bobo Blackboard... the clown over here. Yeah. Look at this idiot thinking that, like, the Victorian era is cool. If you really mm-hmm. wanted to know British history, you'd have stand Mary, Queen of Scots. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think Blackmore is just going to be like, you know what? This guy's probably like severely humiliated. Let's make him just have a touch of the fear of death. And he's just gonna like very almost like put like very much like casually, like not regarding him as like a worthy opponent at all, just kinda reach into his chest and give him that old that spicy ghost hand. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I'm gonna say that, Franklin, you're gonna start us off by going in from the front and just grabbing whatever it is that powers this guy and just giving it a little squeeze. And, yeah, yeah, he visibly convulses, even as he's trying to buck off Boris, when it's gonna go to, uh, Tony, Lavender, do either of you have any preferences? Uh, I I know what I'm gonna do, but Tony can go first. Hmm. I mean, once the, that, um... You know what? 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 Tony is going to do is going to deploy the uh, the anvil and then quick spit that blade into something. <laughs> wow! Yeah, wow! I'm the ultimate DM. Okay, yeah, god so, damn. So as everything is going on, I'm gonna say that um, Tony, you have both half of the blades on the anvil already, and there is just a blur of your hammer as he is, as uh, Imperius Rex is watching, and you just hear him croak out. What are you doing? Tony's fucking heated chamber moment right now. (laughs) Yeah, the disrespect. And And Lavender, what about you? Uh, I, I was gonna say, I think I know what the worst thing I could do to this guy uh, (laughs) is, but I, you know what? (laughs) I've been preemptively one-upped. Uh, but you know what? Uh, I think maybe, like, just for his ego's sake, the worst thing that I could do is just ignore him. Uh, Lavender's gonna, gonna like, glance at him dismissively and walk away and start okay. walking around to all the cells and, like, trying to calm down the myths and saying, like, you know, myth- Mythos Unit, London PD, you're all safe now. Yeah, basically, at least the sentient in, one, more or in less. one cell, there is a bunch of elves huddled at the back just trying to figure out what is going on and just trying to stay out of what is soon to be chaos. But yeah, as soon as they see you and they hear you say this, like, they're watching you, they're apprehensive, but they're getting an idea that they may, you know, this may be over. And meanwhile, um, yeah, so Boris is still choking this guy out as, uh, yeah, basically, um, uh, vines begin wrapping around his ankles. Spring Meadow just has a look of pure hatred on her face as she forces Imperious Rex down to his knees and then the Tengu walks up, sword drawn, and plunges his blade into Imperious Rex's stomach as black smoke begins billowing out. And then it's at this point, Tony, that you finish the blade. Wait, do you smith it into another sword? Oh no, um, I am smithing it uh, because uh, you know t- Tony like has been like would be interested in like uh, you know important like objects of like things that the humans have crafted like you know what what's been made in, in the last uh you <laughs> oh, know no. 
hundred years or so, and you know, uh, he, he's going to he's going to craft. Um, uh, oh, what's a great symbol of of the of the fall of the British Empire? A participation trophy for the World Cup. <laughs> ouch! Ouch! That's, that's a little too inside for me, honestly. <laughs> no, no. I think we just lost our British listeners. Sorry, folks. <laughs> um, yeah, no. I think um, as a a symbol of of, of the f- failure of of the British Empire, um, he is going to uh, craft it. Uh, into a uh, into a maple leaf. <laughs> wow! <Ooh>. The American flag. <laughs> no, 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 no. The Americans, the Americans, like defeated the British and dro- drove them off. The Canadians legislated their way out of the. Out, <laughs> See, out of you the think empire. you think fighting your way out is bad? <laughs> Just red taping your way out. Yeah. yeah mm. No. It, it, there, there was a legal uh, parliament, and then the the Canadians were. Uh, became, Canada became its own country. I mean, yeah. if you think about it, it is, it is actually really embarrassing because at that point, England just didn't want to govern anyone anymore because they couldn't handle it. Yeah. yeah. So, so really, it is actually a little bit of <laughs> insulting that, they, that they're just like, fine, we can't control you anymore. It's too much trouble, dude. So, yeah. Mm. And yeah. yeah, so you just hold up this massive black maple leaf and he sees this and just croaks, bloody colonies! And then, as this happens, you finish up charging your attack, Quincy, and both you and John hold your hands out simultaneously, and there is a beam of light that erupts from both of you, just this uh, horizontal pillar of pure light that hits both him and Boris simultaneously. But when the beam fades, Boris is completely fine, and there is just a charred suit of armor in his grasp that just is barely moving and just and Boris lets go and the suit of armor just collapses to the ground and falls like a dead piece of metal. And then as one final piece of humiliation, Blackmore just goes up to him and says, I told you, one way or another, you're getting in the ball. And he just, he doesn't even throw the myth of the MCU on him. He just kind of drops it on him and just lets it, like, fall onto him to absorb him. Yep. And it just, plunk. And he's in the ball. As you do this, suddenly the doors on the other side of the room screech one more time as if they're about to break. And John just says, I think I can calm everyone here down. Give me a moment, please, Quincy. And so with this, he rises up in the air again, the glow filling the room. And the sound from all of the surrounding cells just begins to slowly quiet down. And one by one, all of the myths begin to slowly approach the doors of their cells. Like all of the beasts, all of the humanoids, all of the various creatures that have been imprisoned down here. For the first time, seeing something to tell them that their nightmare is over. And even the sound on the other side of the door, like the doors slowly screech open. And all of you watch as this massive eagle that is maybe some 50 or 60 feet tall slowly shoulders its way through the doors, watching, uh, yeah, watching John with just this expression of pure awe as this light is basically the most calming bomb imaginable for all of their pain and suffering. And with that... 
I think we can skip forward maybe a couple of minutes as all of you try to regain yourselves and ensure that everybody's okay, but uh, a little later, one by one, all of the myths are gradually led out of the building, and as all of you head outside, you can see that all of the squad cars from Scotland Yard are parked outside, and a number of officers are rushing into the building, uh, handcuffing all of the guys that were lying about on the ground and stuff. All of the mists that you guys have freed are just slowly making their way out, looking exhausted, worn. Police officers rushing forward to uh, help them basically uh, sit down on the ground. Uh, you can see that Fitz and Pepper are running up and basically, uh, yeah, they're calling for more backup and, you know, ambulances and things like that. And you can see that Celestra, Connor, and Jack are there as well. And they see all of you. And Jack just stares and then just shouts, Spring Motto! And he runs forward at top speed. And she just runs. And the two of them just give each other the biggest hug possible. So with that, all of you are looking over this, yeah, basically this entire scene as... One by one, all of these myths are coming out. Uh, are any of you going to say or do anything in the wake of this overwhelming victory? Uh... Wait, where's McCarthy? Yeah, I, you... I, I think I think he fucked off with the rock. That's the idea. Um, no, you guys... he was... Oh, right. You guys look around. You haven't seen Finn McCarthy this entire time, and Hightower comes up to all of you. Uh, alright, so, I take it you've been apprehending a number of people tonight. Have you, uh, what about the leaders of this operation? Have you seen Finn McCarthy or Titus Sweeney? Hmm, I didn't recall seeing Sweeney or Carthy. But we do have his compatriot, uh, Tem Talar. And I sure. hold up the MCU that he's contained, and I, uh, hold up one of, uh, I point over to Lavender's, uh, uh, Mythos containment unit. Ah, you bald him. Very good. Well... In that case, we'll take care of them shortly, but if uh, Finn McCarthy and Titus Sweeney aren't here, I'm guessing that maybe they went with the Vanguard out to defend the businesses that were being raided. Yes, it's certainly possible. Though, without the myths at their beck and call anymore, whatever threat that they have is limited to conventional weapons. No less dangerous, but at least not as catastrophic. Indeed. Oh yes, uh, any packs they had would have dissipated. It's going to be a rude awakening. Yeah. I dare say that, in short order, we may be able to mop up the McCarthys once and for all. Well, and he looks at all four of you, as well as the others, Thalestra and Jack, and excellent job, all of you. You've done Scotland Yard proud tonight, and myself. Um, Quincy says, um, well, just part of the job. And, and as we and he say looks this, down, it looks down at uh, John, who I assume is like sleep, asleep or something. Like, tired. Mm -hmm. is he all tuckered out from being a holy deity being? Actually, <laughs> um, he is wide awake, okay. and not only that, like his the glow is faded. He's back to being a normal boy, but he looks happy, and uh, he smiles up at you guys as you say this. And then you all feel a rumbling from behind you. And uh, you can, you all turn around and look, and all of the remaining mists that were inside are running out, like all the beasts, all the animals, as, and some of the police officers of Scotland Yard, as there is just more of a, that cracking noise, as, and you feel a rumbling beneath the ground as if there's going to be an earthquake. 
and then suddenly the entire warehouse just explodes upward without any flame whatsoever as basically it's like a cyclone is erupting out from the base of the building and you watch as the rock unfurls its wings with a screech that fills the air for miles around and takes to the skies one enormous flap of its wings at a time and amidst the rubble and the shaking that is still filling your uh filling your boots and your ears you watch as this massive beast takes to the skies free once again and that i think is where we can leave off for tonight's episode of mythos so uh you guys did it after going in there and uh, using the variety of tactics that you as the Mythos unit know all too well, you were able to uh, basically save all the myths, protect John and everybody else, and you all got out of there in one piece and dealt an incredibly sizable blow to the McCarthy family. Nice. Mm-hmm. Mission, mission accomplished, everybody. Uh, Quincy, Quincy, will turn, Quincy will turn to everyone and say, oh, and look back at all the myths. Oh, I'm gonna need to buy more ingredients. We're, gonna need to do, we're going to need a lot more hands to do some paperwork. Yeah, but uh, that is gonna be for another night. So until then, uh, listeners, thank you so much for staying with us for this chapter, and we'll be seeing the repercussions of everything as of next session. But until then, uh, stay healthy, stay safe, and stay positive. Good night, everyone. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. You can find us on Tumblr at listentothesenerds.tumblr.com or on Twitter at LTTNCast. All our music is sourced from Incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. You can email us at listentothesenerds at gmail.com.